Please listen carefully. Hey guys, today on the podcast I have Chuck Bennington, who is a lead coach for CrossFit Gymnastics. Um, we start off by talking about his background in the military and finding CrossFit and then getting into CrossFit Gymnastics and diving deep into that rabbit hole. Um, we do talk about gymnastics, obviously, talking about shapes and how they translate to weightlifting and how RX is equal to understanding um, rather than doing a particular weight or a particular movement. I'm thinking about RX in a different way. Um, Chuck is a new dad. So he is a four-month-old, Liam. And so we talk about being a dad, uh, being a parent in general. Um, we talk about books he recommends. And then throughout the podcast, you'll notice that there are these bigger themes of being vulnerable, um, you know, improving his life, making changes for the better, and overall just wanting to help people, um, which will be very apparent in everything that he does. So... Um, Hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, there is some language, so if you have kids in the background and you don't want them to hear it, uh, all of it's just because Chuck is super passionate about what he does. Um, but yeah, there is some language uh, strewn about. So uh, otherwise, enjoy it and let us know what you think. All right, guys. Uh, so this is Chris, and I'm here. With <laughs> you guys can't see it, but um, I'm here with Chuck. <laughs> Chuck Benning, Bennington and his dog on screen. Uh, what's your pup? What's your pup's name? PR. PR. That's awesome. PR, like, so he's a Frenchie, so kind of like an abbreviation <laughs> for Pierre. But um, really, the bigger story is uh, like the my dog that I've had pretty much the entirety of my adult life. Um, his name was Mister. Yeah. And uh, so getting him a brother was like MR and PR. Um, MR Mister and PR. I got it. This was my pit bull that like passed uh, two weeks ago, but um, and you had him yeah. for a while. Yeah, he was. He would have been. Uh, he would have been fourteen years old next month. Cool. Um, so made made like a hell of a run out of that dog. Has been through just I don't know everything with me. Um, yeah. He lived all over the country, like a million crazy adventures. Just it was cool, man. I think uh, I think that he knew like once we had Liam, he wanted to kind of check things out, make sure that like family was good that I could like you know hack it as a real dad not just a dog dad and then like straight up just like went to sleep in my lap one last time and it was it was you know it was painful but it was beautiful and like it was a you know it's what we, we both needed like he was he was old he was ready to kind of move on and uh, I couldn't really grow anymore as a person with him yeah so I mean following you on you know social media and, and we'll you know, we ended up meeting at the CrossFit Gymnastics seminar, but seeing how when Mr. passed and you were kind of talking about how he grew up with you and kind of guided you through a lot of transitions in your life. Yeah. Why don't you talk about, why don't you use him actually as, as a way to tell your story? Like where you came from, when you got him. <laughs> how much time you got, Chris? I got time, man. We got a 4.30 class. 4.30 my time, so we got time. We won't run for like three hours. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, so uh, like a lot of people don't know, um, my current wife is my second marriage, um, and my first wife had actually got him for me as a birthday gift for my 21st birthday. Um, 
I had already had like a lot of issues with drinking prior to being 21. So like once I could just, you know, take care of it on my own, it was a fucking heyday free for all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was kind of like at a point in my life where that was getting to a breaking point. It was, it was really starting to negative impact me in like some pretty major ways. And a lot of people would have known me for a couple of decades that had been through that. Um, so when I was in the military and so transitioning into like some inpatient treatment stuff, um, that was kind of like where I was like, Hey, this, this has gone like too far. Um, and I think him, him being involved in my life was sort of like my, my chance to kind of wake the fuck up and like have to kind of adult a little bit. And it's like, Hey, you've got this other little life that you're responsible for now. And so you can run your life into the ground. That's great, but that's not fair to do it to him. Um, and so like, really that, that's kind of what pulled my head out of my ass was having just like another living being to take care of. Um, and so that marriage didn't work out, uh, for sure. But he, you know, he was with me through getting out of the military. He was with me through, um, inpatient treatment stuff. He was with me through like transitioning back into the civilian world and trying to kind of figure out my fit in all of it. Um, that was similar time frame to uh, when I got into CrossFit. I got into CrossFit like a little bit, just kind of in a very tertiary sense when I was in the military, because a lot of us were exposed to it. But it was it was too early on to really get any kind of buy-in from our leadership and supervision, because they were like, "There's no way you can get a workout in five minutes." And I'm like, "You got guys over there playing fucking basketball. I just did France. Suck a dick." Oh, um, I should probably ask about like language. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's I don't know. That's that's kind of how I operate. So yeah, um, you know, hadn't really been able to like buy in wholeheartedly and get like really deep in it. Um, I was in Washington State. That's where I got out. Uh, I was okay. stationed at Fort Lewis. Um, so stayed up in Seattle for a while, about a year. Moved down to Florida. When I was in Florida, uh, the guys that I were I was living with. Um, Three of them at the time, two of them were brothers, one of them was another high school friend, and all three of them were pretty deep into uh, their own struggles with, like, opiate addiction stuff. Um, You know, I was in a pretty good place with my relationship with alcohol and all that, but I think getting into CrossFit at that point, that was about 2008, that was just really kind of like a yearning to be a part of a community that was looking to, you know, be, be better and healthier and, like, push forward and, you know grow and do more and achieve more and um you know there was only one crossfit gym in in town at that time and he was like in shared space with a chiropractic office and had just like literally like 200 square feet because mm-hmm. yeah. i don't know man you guys in modern day crossfit you're super fucking spoiled there used to be like no kettlebells or barbells everything was homemade it was it was gangster but uh yeah it, uh, it ended up being that i found like crossfit as a community really through the main site and followed some main site programming, had a workout log on the main site, and that's where I started talking to Vanessa, who's my wife now, and Tucker, who's the SME for gymnastics. And so January 1st, 2009, um, I flew out to Fort Worth for my L1, because, you know, back then, like, right. you could just drive to any CrossFit seminars. Yeah, like, they travel halfway across the country, yeah. Yeah, so I went out there for my L1, met Vanessa, met Tucker face-to-face, good relationships with both of them, um, ended up going back out there in March uh, 2009 for my weightlifting. Um, then Tucker had a coach that had moved from Fort Worth up to New York, and he had kind of an opening for somebody to start coaching in his box. 
I was ready to make like a big life change and kind of get out of what had turned into, you know, a negative housing environment for me. And, uh, you know, I just needed like some, some more evolution and growth. And um, I get pretty bored pretty easily, feel pretty stagnant pretty easily. So just kind of jumped both feet like all the way into the deep end and just bought in that like cross was going to be my whole life. Yeah, because at the time, so you were in the Marines, right? Um, I was actually in the Air Force, kind of in the Army. So you need oh, okay. career field. Um, like a TACP is, TACP is the career field, the only career field with party in the name. So Tactical Air Control Party. Um, nice. Ford Observers, uh, Joint Terminal Attack Controllers, basically like little two-man... Two And so that, that was kind of my jam. That's why I was stationed at Fort Lewis, uh, which is an army base. Okay. Gotcha. Did I lose you? Yeah, you know, I'm just going to close some things. Hello. With, uh, Hello. Can you hear me? I think we lost him. I'll hang up here. No, for I'm a here. Second. I'm here. Can you hear me? There we go. We're back. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I'm going to close some things, so I don't know if that's me or you. Or... Um, I don't really have anything open that I think would be an issue, but... Yeah, I think it sounds like it's more internet, but um, just making sure. All right, are you good, are you good now? Because now you're good on my end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I got... Um, so that's why you were at... Fort Lewis. Um, so you, when you found CrossFit, were you working? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, so when I when I really got into it back in Sarasota, I was I was doing like high end residential and commercial glass repair, which oh. I know sounds kind of crazy, but a lot of it was on high rises. Um, you know, like massive multi million dollar condos mm -hmm. with you know like a fifteen story like triple pane piece of glass like they really don't want to replace those unless they absolutely have to right um, so that was kind of like a transition out of some military skill set stuff I had nobody needs like close air support in the civilian world but being able to repel was uh, was a useful skill so I did like a lot of high-rise repelling work um, and that's yeah that was kind of what I was doing when I got into CrossFit gotcha and so but then you realized CrossFit was gonna be your your world your yeah, you know, I think that, like, I think it's what pulls a lot of us in, and especially people that, like, end up buying in with their whole life and, you know, eventually opening affiliates and coaching. You're just like, wow, this thing is, like, really powerful. And if it's, yeah. you know, if it's changed my life like this, you know, what could I potentially do to impact the world in a greater sense? And I don't think I, you know, I'd really thought in such big terms at that point, mm -hmm. but I knew it was something that had really, like, saved me from myself, um, and I, I enjoyed teaching and coaching. I got into a little bit of that when I was in the military. I ran some classes on emergency close air support for Army guys. So basically, like, if their Air Force counterparts went down, like, how they pick up a mic and talk, you know, bombs, rockets, missiles onto a target. And so I was like, wow, teaching people, this is, this is cool. I like this. Um, and so it was kind of an extension of that, but, you know, for something really positive. Cool. So you got you got uh, contact with Tucker. Uh, so talk about that evolution and how you got into CrossFit, but then specifically so CrossFit. Tucker and I started talking on the main site message boards, and maybe um, maybe also explain who Tucker is because a lot of our members have you know no idea. 
So, so like Bergner is the SME or the subject matter expert for weightlifting. Right. Um, Tucker is the SME for gymnastics and CrossFit. Right. And so uh, he and I had actually started talking guns on the main side. I was helping him put together an AR-15. And that's like where our conversation really Got sprouted it. from and kind of led from there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I didn't know that CrossFit gymnastics or anything CFG related would ever be in my future. That like wasn't even on my radar mm-hmm. when I went out. It was just as like a general population coach starting just with like 6 a.m. classes and then 6 plus 8.30 plus, right. you know down the road. I mean, you know how it goes. Yep. Eventually you're like, I guess I'm teaching pretty much all the classes. And, uh, and so that, I guess that's kind of like the natural segue from there into CFG is I, I ended up being the director of operations for GSX as Tucker's box while he was running CFG as a, a pretty much solo show. Um, okay. at that point, you know, cause the, the course load was more minimal, you know, there, there weren't as many people doing CrossFit, there weren't as many boxes, whatever, million reasons. Um, and so I, I kind of ran the box for him while he developed the curriculum and the staff and like built it into, you know, the, the seeds of what it is today. And then, uh, late 2011 is when he was kind of like, Hey man, this is, this is turning into a lot. And, you know, he, he had GSX as a business, um, also married, had three kids, you know, just on the road constantly. So it was, it was too much for him to, you know, shoulder solo. Um, you know, he had some other coaches and at that point, but that's when I got into the mix with the coaching and, um, 2012 is when I started taking over the back end for CFG and doing like the course scheduling and all that. Right. Yeah. So fast forward to last year when we met at the CrossFit gymnastics seminar, I think, um, and I'm sure you, you probably get different reactions, but when you get up there and you start introducing yourself, I think people probably assume that you were a gymnast yourself, right? Yeah. And so talk about, um, you know, talk about that specifically, but then also how the, the ends of like, you know, pure gymnastics, right. And then CrossFit and then what we're doing in between there, um, how that kind of evolves. Right. So I think that like, it's, it's forced me to grow a lot as a coach and as a person to be kind of like this, this black sheep of the CrossFit gymnastics family and not coming from a gymnastic background. And I think, you know, I've, I've made it a habit at this point to get that out of the way really early in the weekend when I introduce myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people at first are like super bummer mode. They're like, what? We don't have, you know, we don't have a gymnast coming to teach us. And I'm like, well, are you a gymnast? Do you coach <laughs> other gymnasts? Um, and I think that, you know, I've, I've been able to really appreciate a lot as a coach. And I think that it sets a good frame of reference for me working with general population people that like, dude, the, the struggle is real and I get it. Especially, you know, when I got into CrossFit, like there were no resources. There were... You know, Instagram hadn't even been invented yet. There were maybe, like, literally three videos on muscle-ups on YouTube. I mean, it was, you know, the dark ages. The journal was a a two-page PDF that got emailed out once a month. Right. And, uh, you know, just having to really, like, brutally struggle through all of that and, like, figure it out, I think, you know, gave me a lot of light bulb moments and kind of aha pieces of, like, how this really operates, you know, neurologically and physically and conceptually. So... It's, it's been a, a strong point for me as a coach later in the game, but I think, yeah, that, that's awkward for people at first. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to coach on staff with some, like, tremendous gymnasts and former gymnasts. Like, we've had uh, two former Olympians on the CFG staff. Um, and, you know, like, that, that, that was a hard environment to be in as a coach. Um, 
especially like somebody that you know has struggled with like self-esteem and self-worth stuff in the past it's like why does anybody want to listen to me man like what do i have to offer um but then realizing that like dude you, you have a lot to offer in helping people because you've got a great ability to meet them at their level and like you know i can be really empathetic to how just crazy difficult a lot of this is to figure out um you know, I think that approaching it as a CrossFitter first and, you know, a gymnast second kind of helps kind of segue into, like, next piece of what you want to get into. I think that a lot of people from a gymnastic background, like, they don't really appreciate how well they move. They don't appreciate how long their exposure window to some of the stuff is. And, and it's funny because that's part of, like, you know, the intro lecture in the course is figuring out who in the room has a gymnastic background. Right. And, you, like, 100% of the time you will always have, like, one or two girls, maybe a guy that, like, won't say anything about it at all. But, you know, like, literally 30 minutes into, like, the actual, like, practical piece in evolution, it's like, you you did some kind of gymnastic stuff growing up, didn't you? And they're like, no, man, it was only, like, one year. And I was, like, five years old. And I'm like, yeah. And here you are at 35, and I can tell from the other side of the room, you know, like... You, you don't appreciate the difference that it makes in your lifelong fitness and athleticism unless you can be on the other side of it as somebody that is not athletic, that struggles terribly with movement. You're like, man, I, I wish I could figure out a hollow and an arch that easy. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been good for me. Yeah. I don't know where we're going with that, but that's, uh, that's no, a No, I think bit. that's, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, so number one, I think it's useful because um, – because you're right, because if you're coming from that background and it's always been your life and you've competed at a high level, that's all you've known. And sure, there are absolutely great coaches out there um, who have that background. But I think for you to be able to empathize with your everyday person, um, even typical CrossFit coaches don't have that kind of background, right? So Yeah, and I, I you know... Not to step on you, but I feel like that's a huge issue with the entire fitness industry as a whole, um, and like the entire coaching world as a whole is, you know, not not through anybody's fault. You know, it's just a thing that exists. But I think a lot of people kind of finish out their athletic careers, and they don't go on to the next step. Whether that's you know going pro, or it's just like they you know got injured, and they need to walk away from competing. Right. And they're like, dude, I, I've been in a gym or on a field or training, you know, five six days a week for decades like I don't know anything else and so like yeah they've got a ton of wisdom and experience to offer but just because you're an athlete doesn't mean that necessarily you'll be a great coach you know are you are you able to communicate with people are you able to be empathetic to people do you understand like what this is like for people you know that that don't have your background people that you know are maybe getting into the gym for the first time at 45 and it's like you you were in fucking middle school with abs bro get out of here like you don't know what it's like um and I that, you know, I think that kills me because I think, you know, I was one of them. There's a lot of people that are really dissuaded from the fitness world on, like, the client side because it's so intimidating, because it's so brutally hard. And, you know, for a long time, I just associated all of it with kind of like this bro, jock, douche culture of, like, all the guys I hated when I was in middle school and high school. Um, yeah, And it sure. sucks that a lot of those people end up being, you know, coaches because they're just like, well, how else can I just, you know, yeah. carry all of my experience and knowledge forward? This is this is what I have to offer the world. And so like, it's not, you know, necessarily good or bad, but it's, it's something that I think isn't appreciated for a lot of people. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we're at the seminar, you guys talk about shapes a lot, right? Gymnastics is all about shapes. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I, I think we kind of talk about it on the weekend, but you know, weightlifting for a lot of people, 
is kind of sexy. They like the barbell. They like moving weight. Um, but I don't think it's as apparent right away that there's a lot of carryover, right, between gymnastics yeah. and, and weightlifting. Um, so talk about, you know, basically how gymnastics can help weightlifting and then also, you know, just this kind of bigger idea that, you know, if you can understand shapes, then you can, you know, be better at practically everything else, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, like the easy ones, like everybody immediately goes to like hollow and arch and, you know, yeah. those, those are like for sure the most fundamental shapes, but you start paying attention to where just like the human body replicates positions endlessly. And so like I try to find references back to the weightlifting to help people kind of have those aha moments with gymnastics that we should see a lot of these same universal positions, universal lines of action. So, you know, when, when most people get into CrossFit, their, their wall ball, their overhead squat, their front squat, their thruster, their back squat, they're all different squats. And then you look at them, you know, four or five years down the road, and you're like, oh, it's a squat. And then you just kind of change where the load is. And so, like, that's like, yeah, that, that is the shape of the human body and, like, you know, ankle, knee, and hip flexion. Well, like, whatever. So, I mean, like, yeah. there's the squatting shape, and then we can apply it to a million other things. And I think that, like, that's a good way to get people to understand kind of that transfer of gymnastics. Um, and then once people start looking at it a little bit more intellectually as, like, critical thinkers, they're like, okay, I, I see where understanding the arch puts me in a better loaded extension position that transfers to me overhead squatting or jerking or push pressing, you know. I can see where a handstand, you know, plus a lunge equals split jerk. You know, they start recognizing, like, this transfer of shapes. And it's like, outside of, you know, a broken human body, there's really only, like, a handful of shapes that we get into as, like, good, healthy humans. And then, like, there's variations of them. But for the most part, you know, figure out 12 to 15, like, good positions and that's like where all of your movements come from and you know you recognize it with higher level athletes because it's more repeatable like you could take an overlay of a good athlete cleaning snatching throwing you know from the hip and swinging a kettlebell and you'd be like wow this is exactly the same position and i see the same position in a vertical jump a broad jump like now i understand the shape um and so once they kind of wrap their head around that i think it's easier to see where the gymnastics bleeds back over just like in, in the big conceptual sense. But then the other thing that's really nice about CrossFit is we're so crazy data-driven that at this point, like, nobody can argue that gymnastics transfers really well to weightlifting. I mean, like, CrossFit has broken the structure of, like, you know, the national-level lifting meets because we've got too many people qualifying now. Like, right. there's too many good weightlifters in America. They had to raise the standards because of CrossFit. Yeah, like, the, the, the way the totals jump, like, right. annually is nuts. And, yes. you know, so where else does that tie into gymnastics? Like, relative strength. So, you know, you want to talk about, like, looking at weight class sports. Well, dude, pound for pound, there's nobody on the entire planet stronger than gymnasts. And so, like, okay, super robust connective tissue, phenomenal neurological development, crazy understanding of movement, but also just brutally strong at their body weight. And then, you know, you get into the higher level pieces like coordination, agility, accuracy, balance, like all the real neurological stuff. There's a reason that former gymnasts just absolutely crush it in competitive CrossFit. And it's like, dude, these are very far removed from gymnastic routines, but it's that their brain and their body understand shapes and they just understand like kinesthetic awareness and proprioception. They're just okay. fucking straight up better athletes. Right. You know, I would say that like a, a gymnast is probably the best building block of an athlete you could ever have to move into just like the demands of fitness as a sport. Right. And uh, and um, because so many people get into CrossFit 
later in life, meaning even their 20s or 30s, mobility plays or immobility plays a huge role in that, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, well, well that's something, that I, something that I say to our members is like, you know, if I was actually doing what I thought was best for, for you in terms of longevity, we would talk for half an hour about nutrition and then we would stretch or do mobility work for the other yeah, half hour. Like you do like rowing intervals for like five minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But that's, that's not fun or people are going to pay me for that. So I think like that's a really hard thing. Like as a, as a coach and as an affiliate owner that like really has their head in the right place. And like your mission really is like health and fitness. Right. You know, like I, I, I love CrossFit dearly. It's given me my entire life. Like the open is a very, very cool thing. But like as an affiliate owner, like for the most part, I couldn't give a shit if anybody ever competes in the open relative to like what they need for their long-term health and fitness. So like if I step away and look big picture, it's like, dude, you guys just need to eat better and move better. And then everything else falls into place really easily. Like, you know, moving into like being a dad and moving and having two businesses, like my workout load has been super minimal. I have, I have, literally worked out probably 20 times since Liam was born and he's like four months this year or not this year this month he's like he's he's hitting four months this week and I've probably worked out like just over 20 times since he was born and like you know what I I would still feel fucking super confident walking into like most general population classes and doing just fine because like the diet's taken care of and I know I move well because I treat every workout like skill work every rep is like you know as it should be as a judged rep, not just the like, hey, I hit this bare minimum start and finish position, congratulations, you get to move forward. It's like, dude, could that rep have been better? If it could, then I'm going to redo it because like, you know, I'm looking at big picture fitness. Like, what am I going to be able to do with my grandkids? You know, what, if, if we're in the gym to try to get better, why are we not taking that opportunity as a community to treat every workout as a chance to improve? Right. And like, you know, turning it into a rambling tangent, but I think that like bringing it full circle is that's another place that you see gymnasts really excelling in CrossFit is because they have that mentality of like this is practice. Right. And you know, people look at like really, really high level athletes in any field. Like it doesn't have to be gymnastics or weightlifting. Like you could look at soccer, baseball, whatever, like the best in the world. They're just practicing the most fundamental pieces that they started when they were, you know, four, five, six years old. That's the same thing they're doing, you know, 30 years into a career because, like, that's where all the low-hanging fruit for improvement is. That's where all of your, like, chase for virtuosity and perfection is. It's not about the cool kid stuff. It's not about the sexy stuff. It's, like, having better basics to pull from. And you can extend it outside of anything athletic and look at somebody that, like, plays an instrument or, like, a race car driver, like – the best in the world at anything, it's it's understanding that, like, the, the little pieces are what make it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> we, and we tell it to our members all the time, but, like, just because the workout's for time doesn't mean you need to go as fast as you can if that, if those mechanics aren't there, right? So... Yeah, that's something uh, I got from Tucker, like, really early on, just even, like, interning with him at the gymnastics seminars. He's like, right workouts for form, not time. Yes. And, like, that has stuck with right. me for, you know, over a decade of coaching. It's like, change the reward mechanism in your gym. You know, like, don't make the workout for time. Make it for, like, who moves the best. Yep. And, like, people are like, well, then how do I win? It's like, you, you <laughs> win by getting better. You win by not being injured. You win by understanding the movement. Like, you yeah. win by actually getting all of the things that were your goals on day one that you've totally lost sight of. Right. 
Right. You know, nobody goes into the box and they're like, dude, I want to smash the whiteboard. I want to kill it in the open. Everybody's yeah. like, man, I'd, I'd really like to look good naked and feel good. Right. Exactly. Like, exactly. We'll circle back to your own goals. Like, don't look at the goals that, you know, you have bought into because you're like, oh, everybody else, everybody wants a muscle up. Cool. Do you even want a muscle up? Like, I had a conversation with somebody on Instagram about that today. And they're like, dude, I've been in CrossFit eight years and I don't have a muscle up. And, like, I, I really just realized it's because I don't actually care. Like, cool, man. You do cool. you, man. Right. Maybe maybe you just need to, like, hit some curls and, like, right. you know, clean up your diet and, like, you get to meet all of your goals. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, that's, you know, like, as an affiliate owner, as somebody that, like, has coached for a living, dude, that's the most brutally difficult place to be in this community is, like, as a coach trying to really give people, like, that health message and they're like... I mean, I hear what you're saying, but that's eh, not really what I want to do. I think we should probably like snatch balance triples and do like 200 wall balls, even though I can't squat without lifting shoes. <laughs> yeah, lifting uh, shoes for wall balls. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, one of the one of the phrases you kind of just said it, but like I real one of the phrases I took away from the weekend was that RX equals understanding, and uh, we. That week after that seminar, I was like posting that all over our social media and saying it in class. And yeah. that, I don't know, that makes my heart smile. Yeah, it, like the, you know, I wish, I, I do wish I took the gymnastics seminar earlier, but um, the ability to actually enact big changes because I own the affiliate rather than just coaching at it. Um, so better I, to be the owner. Yeah, that, that I really enjoyed because. You know, I think we were doing a decent job beforehand, but the the focus on slowing things down, on not worrying about, you know, do I do my toes actually get to the bar if my shapes are terrible versus right. let's have better shapes and maybe not even worry about our toes getting to the bar. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've had members who've been across it for six, seven years that it took a while for them to come around to that. But now we see in class people not even caring about any sort of RX, just them saying, you know what, I'm just going to work on this. I'm, I'm not even going to worry about handstand push-ups against the wall. I'm going to work on my stink bugs because that's what's appropriate for me right now. Um, so that RX equals understanding is was golden, you know? Um, yeah, like when you can connect with somebody like as a coach, like that's where you have this really cool like learning aha moment where you get to go back to doing your job and it's not like you're right. just trying to fight them and like herd cats and manage a class. Like, Right. You know, and it's it's something that like I've never lost sight of because I've been in some like coaching environments that weren't really great. Like when we moved to Florida at first from Texas, I was at a gym that was just fucking horrible. Like they presented mm -hmm. really, really well to me over the phone. Yeah. And then I got there and I was like, You guys aren't coaching at all, man. Like you're you're actively breaking people. You have no idea how programming works. Like you don't understand any of like any of this. Right. You know, you're you're terrible coaches, you're bad communicators, you don't create good progressions, whatever. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, like, yeah, you're right. As an affiliate owner, it's a whole lot easier to, like, be able to control that culture and that environment, like, implement things how you see fit when you want to. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, like, that's one of the big stumbling blocks when we do the CrossFit gymnastics seminars because people are always like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And I'm like, I mean, if you're not the owner, you need to, like, sit down with your owner and kind of figure out, hey, what are we really trying to do here? You know, are we trying to like genuinely change people's lives with fitness? Right. Right. Or are we just trying to like get people sweaty and make some money? Yeah. Those are two very different conversations and they, they can coexist. Like you can give people tremendous workouts and you can make good money 
but man, like the, the health mission side of it has to come first if you're trying to make the changes. And it, it, you know, it sucks. And you probably saw a lot of it that weekend that you were there. Like people ask questions and I'm like, dude, that's, that's not something that I have to contend with. Right. And you know, they're like, well, what about, you know, people don't want to work on strict stuff. And it's like, dude, they, they do on day one because they don't know anything don't know else. You know, yeah. They come in on day one and they, they want your expertise and your guidance and your wisdom. And like, you're the gatekeeper to the life that they want with all the health and fitness on the other side of it. Like, don't lose sight of that. You're the boss of exercise. Like, get people back to that and be like, hey, man, why did you come here, like, you know, two years ago, day one? Like, what brought you through that door finally? And, like, a lot of people are like, you know, I, I wanted to be able to hang out and play with my kids, you know, not have my knees explode. You know, I, I'm going on a cruise with my wife and I want to be totally stoked to take my shirt off. Cool, man. Like, let's go back to those goals because we can pursue those goals through CrossFit as a training methodology and as a community. We can do it in like a really healthy, fun, productive manner where you also get to learn these tremendous lifelong skills. Right. Um, but man, trying to trying to have that mentality and mindset as a coach in a in a culture or an ownership piece that doesn't support it, I I man, I, I feel so bad for a lot of coaches out there that really have their heads and their hearts in the right place and they're they're stifled in their ability to dramatically change lives. And that sucks. Yeah. So, um, so you moved to Florida. You opened up an affiliate, but now you're in Austin. So, talk about the the move, the box, the you know where you are now, Liam. Talk about uh, you know more general life stuff that's happened in the last. I, uh, I, I get to <laughs> I get to finally coach. You know, like that. That's kind of been cool. Is like I get to put you know a decade plus of being in a gym almost every single day to use in a way that I don't know, man. I'll cry if I think about it too much. But like having having kids changes everything, and you know I think a lot of people hear that over and over and over again. You're like, yeah, of course it changes everything. Like you can't do whatever you want, whatever you want. But like you don't understand it on like that internal intrinsic level, like until it happens and you know, you're, you're in the labor delivery room and like you hear that cry for the first time and just, it is, it is mind blowing. Um, and so that, you know, that was, that was awesome to reaffirm that, you know, we were, we were moving in the right direction to try to figure out how to get me to not travel as much, you know, cause that, that was about as far as we had made it at that point. Um, you know, he was, he was born February 7th. We were still in Florida. The move hadn't even been on the radar yet, but we knew that I had to back away from the coaching side and it just, you know, the rest of it intersected really well, but mm-hmm. that was, that was the coolest thing in the world. And it still is. Um, it's it's changed some of my views on you know fitness stuff i maybe not changed them but definitely matured them further and like reaffirmed things you know even for my own training like i've really gotten away from a lot of working out um just to focus on like doing the right thing with the family and like trying to grow some business stuff but even outside of that like when i do train when i do get back from the workouts it is the least competitive i have ever been with anything um and i am totally cool backing almost entirely away from any kind of heavy loading and like Heavy loading has its place. It's tremendous for driving neuroendocrine responses. It's great for bone density. It's good for muscle mass. But, like, past a certain point, like, you're just chasing numbers on a board. Um, and, like, you know, I've got some, like, pre-existing back stuff that predates CrossFit. Like, dude, there's there's been a million times since I've been in CrossFit that I've been stupid and of my own accord, like, wrecked myself horribly and just, you know, to, to the point, like, you know, herniated L4, L5, S1, um, wedge T10, T11, um, 
So having having Liam now, I'm like, dude, I, I don't have the luxury of being stupid. Right. You know, I can't put myself in a position where I can't hinge anymore. Because mm-hmm. if I can't pick my son up, like, I really suck as a human. I really suck as a father. And so, like, that's, it's kind of, it's been cool to be like, you know, like, what what is my goal with fitness, dude? It's to be able to be a good father, to be a good role model, to, you know, enjoy it. Um, I think it's easy to get in a dark place with your fitness, you know, especially when it gets into stuff like the open and it becomes hyper competitive and you're looking at the leaderboard and you're like, oh my God, I'm so incompetent. It's like, dude, like, does that stuff matter outside of like this very isolated small segment of your life? You know, are you really trying to make it beyond, you know, finishing the 430 class? Like, you know, where, where does your fitness journey end? Like, and it's different for people competing in fitness and like, dude, I'm not that good of an athlete, especially modern day CrossFit. These guys and girls are some of the best athletes on the planet, and I will argue to death and fight anybody in the real world that like disagrees with that. They're the best athletes in the world for sure. Um, so just like recreational fitness, dude, that's that's been a blast to get back to. It's like me and Vanessa will will throw Liam in the stroller and take a pair of rings like out to the park and just like hang some rings up and like take turns like hanging out with him. The other person will do some dips and muscle ups, and it's. It's getting back to a lot of what I wanted out of CrossFit initially that I, you know, I lost sight of for a million reasons, um, you know, and all of them my own. I, I think that there's a, a big piece of that where CrossFit ends up as a as a training methodology and as a community, like having to shoulder the blame for a lot of people's dumb personal decisions. It's like people are like, oh, CrossFit hurt me. It's like, no, CrossFit exposed you to either your ego or your missing capacity. And that's it. Like, these are all inanimate things, like, outside of how you treat them. Like, a, a snatch isn't malicious. Like, a snatch doesn't give a shit about you. Like, it's just a movement. It is a, a fluid movement of a barbell from the ground to overhead. Like, do whatever you want with it. But if you suck as a human because you're missing range, because your ego's in the way, then yeah, dude, it'll check your ego um, for sure. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that, they break themselves, but then they're looking for like where they can shift that blame mechanism, and that that sucks for all of us. Um, so being like totally on the other side of that, you know, I'm I'm hoping that I never sustain a training related injury ever again. Like that's really my my big overreaching goal. Like if I'm trying to figure out where CrossFit and fitness and fatherhood all intersect, it's how can I have fun working out every time I do it at this point, and how can I be a stellar role model as like a man and a father, and and how can I just feel good. Because, you know, looking looking at that and thinking, like, big picture, it's, you know, when he has kids, when we're another, like, 30, 40 years down the road, what am I going to be able to do in my 80s with my grandkids? Like, those are the things that really matter. And, dude, your your grandkids aren't going to be like, come on, old man, let's have a snatch off in the garage. You're like, they're probably going to want to, like, you know, go hike and rock climb or something. Um, maybe they want a snatch, and that's cool, but, dude, it probably won't be very heavy for me. I'll just be in it for the lulls. Is being a dad what you expected uh, or what has been unexpected? Uh, it's it's better than I expected for sure. It's more fun than I thought it would be. It's mm. funnier than I thought it would be. Um, it's deeper and more emotional than I expected it to be because I think you mm. don't really have any frame of reference for that. Right. Like you, yeah, you have nothing to compare it to. Veteran. Right. Oh, dude, it's it's like a paradigm shift like you just would never believe. And, you know, you like I was saying earlier, like you hear it your whole life, but like until you experience it, like there's just no way to communicate that to anybody ever. Right. Um, being being a parent's powerful, man. It's it's incredible. Um, 
it happened at the right time in our lives for us, but there is a part of me that wishes that I would have done it sooner because it it kind of like reaffirms the finality of life and just mm-hmm. like how little time we have on this earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dude, I'm, I'm four months in and I'm already like, I'm disappointed that I'm not going to get to spend more of my life with them. And like, that's really hard. <laughs> that was a moment. Um, being a dad and balancing your relationship with Vanessa and work. Um, I'm balanced right now. I am. I am like the worst person. In the world yeah, balance is not the word to use. Um, no, no, but it's good. So that's, that's managing actually, it. Managing like, it. Learn, I guess you can learn a lot from like knowing that you're doing everything wrong. Um, and there have been a lot of points in my life where I've been doing everything wrong and like consciously pushed forward and like that's a little bit of where I'm at right now. Like I know that I need to work out more, mm-hmm. but that's like I need to prioritize myself lower for what's better for my family. Um, you know, like most of my most of my days, uh, the last few weeks, like I've been up until like one thirty, two in the morning, like working on the computer and like trying to get stuff done because that's that's where I'm at, like, in my journey with this right now. I've been sleeping, like, you know, four and a half, maybe five hours a night, and it's just, like, right back into it the next day, but it's out of out of a bit of necessity. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that it's cool to be able to recognize when you're making good decisions and bad decisions, um, so long as, like, you, you are fairly self-aware of where the limitations are. Like, I know it's not sustainable. I know it's what's probably not the best for me but it is like what's currently best for my wife and my son and so I I will sacrifice and I'm okay with that um but yeah man the balance I don't know how you find it um I don't know no you're like you 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 never find it no you don't and I and I didn't mean balance as in um equal for everything um or but I I I meant more manage and, and how that's changed um have you always been a vulnerable person or do you feel like you've gotten more vulnerable as you get older or through life events like having Liam? I think that I've been more willing to like be publicly vulnerable and like to talk to people and express a lot of that. Um, like I, you know, I, I spent a pretty decent chunk of my life pretty fucked in the head and I think like most of us are to some degree, but you know, I'd gone through like a ton of counseling early on, like as early as middle school. And, um, I think that, you know, I wasn't willing to like put in the work and I wasn't really willing to be as open as I needed to be to get what I needed from those situations. And so, you know, there's, there are therapists and counselors that have worked with me in the past that, man, I'm, if you're out there and somehow you're watching this, I'm sorry, I made your job hell. Cause you know, I wasn't ready to grow up. I wasn't ready to like dig deep and change, but I think that, being able to coach, um, if you're willing to like coach as you should, and if you really give a shit, and if you really like coach like you mean it, you you need to figure out how to make those deep human connections. And a lot of that is, you know, at the expense of your own ego and at the expense of your own comfort. And like that's getting back even to you know the like the earlier conversation just on the athletic side. But you know, you can get into it mentally and emotionally. It's like. People come to the gym and they're they're struggling. Like it's so hard for so many people to take that step, and they're just like, "Dude, I am fat. I'm out of shape. I'm unhealthy," and that's really hard just to admit, and then to admit it to a stranger, and then to go into a community and do it in front of a room of people, and then like to take part in it. And 
I don't know, like, if you're not willing to admit that you're super flawed and faulted and that none of us really have it figured out, dude, every day is as much of a struggle as, like, you're willing to make it be. And I don't know, it's, it's about, like, trying to find endless human growth. And so that's, that's something that I've grown to appreciate a lot more, um, more recently, probably, probably a lot of it, just like within the last almost like calendar year of Vanessa's pregnancy and then like Liam's first few years of life, it's, it's kind of reflecting on like, what, what can I aspire to be as a role model and as a father and as an example? Um, you know, early on, grew up single mother, only child. Um, so like, I think that lended itself to me being pretty closed off pretty regularly. Um, you know, I was fat. I didn't play any sports. We were poor, like bullied ruthlessly. So like I, I was very deliberately isolated and very closed off for a number of years. Um, and like, that's kind of a shitty way to live life. You know, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of relief in being able to just admit that like you are super flawed as a human. And then, you know, you start having like really deep conversations and relationships with people and like, that's, that's what's rewarding, man. Like that is the human experience. Like, you know, if we take it past just like biological necessity to recreate, like all that's left is like what really makes us human. And like, there, there's not two dogs sitting out there, like licking each other's buttholes, like, oh man, this is, this is hard for me to do out here in the park. You know, I'm pretty self-conscious about it. Like they're, they're just being dogs. Like, you know, they don't operate at that level. And I think a lot of people waste their lives not willing to like open up and just be very, very human. And like, I really look at that as a waste of life. Um, dude, like I've, I have grown more in the last, you know, year and change than I have in the entire 32 years leading up to it. And it's, it's been incredible, man. I've, I've gotten to deepen my relationships with everybody that I know. I've gotten to grow tremendously as a person on every level. It's, I don't know, man. I think like the more vulnerable you're willing to be, the better life is. So long as like, you're also willing to take action and make changes. And so like, I think there's kind of like, there's a fine line in a lot of people like, I'm so vulnerable. It's like, no, you're just kind of a whiny bitch. And that's not what we're after. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's being able to be honest and like identify faults. And then like also, take action and follow through and find fixes. Um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I'm at and it's cool. Do you have any books, um, or they don't have any books, uh, books, videos, Ted talks, anything that you think like everyone should read or consume? Dude, uh, that's, that's a hard one for me off the top of my head. I'm like a super book junkie. We have yeah. downsized books. Or what's what's like, a what's a good book that you've had re read recently or that comes to uh, mind? One of my favorites that I revisit pretty frequently. Um, let me pull it up so I don't butcher the name off the top of my head, and I can pull the author with you. But it's the Ronin, and it's based on like like a old Zen parable. Um. And it's about a guy who ends up, I don't know, I don't want to, like, spoil it, um, but he basically, like, dedicates his life to, like, vengeance and revenge, and then he finally gets the opportunity late in life, and, like, it's it's kind of a, uh, a pretty cool, there it is, The Ronin, a novel based on a Zen myth um, by a guy named Dale Jennings. That I recommend to, like, everybody. Um, it's one of my favorite books of all time. I will send you a link to it in case you want to put it in any of this. R-O-N-I-N, uh, The Ronin, like a... The Ronin. Yeah. Um, by William Dale Jennings. 
And then uh, another one that's like a bit of a guilty pleasure because I'm kind of a car guy, but I think there's a lot of cool life lessons in it. There's one called The Driver. Um, and a guy is basically having like a deathbed conversation with his father and his father reveals to him that like these points in his childhood where he kind of like temporarily bailed for these short periods of time, it's cause he was out doing like all the actual old school cannonball runs. Oh, nice. And so this guy gets into like the underground cross country racing world. And, uh, I don't know. There's, there's some cool, there's some cool stuff in it. Um, and I think a lot of it is like some of the, the relationship with him and his dad, maybe like fulfilling part of his dad's dream. I had a pretty like late in life reconnection to my biological father. We ended up like crossing paths here. Um, the Driver, My Dangerous Pursuit of Speed and Truth in the Outlaw Racing World by Alexander Roy. It's like a super fun, cool read, but cool. You know, there's some some opportunity for like growth in there. Uh, those are just like two pretty obscure books. I think there's like a lot of stuff that gets referenced endlessly as like you know, oh, these are good pieces of growing as a human. But most people haven't heard of either of those. Um, and yeah, there's some cool little parts to take out of it. That's really cool. I like it. Um, and then one question I always ask people is, um, what's on your bucket list? What isn't, man? Um, <laughs> No, my, my bucket list, uh, rather than checking things off as I've gone, it's only kind of like continued to <clears> grow a bit more, more ridiculous. Uh, you know, I've done some cool stuff like through CrossFit gymnastics and like through what Tucker has kind of allowed me into as a person. And I've, I have checked a lot of the travel destinations off. I have, I have been pretty much everywhere. Um, there's still some other places to hit, but experience stuff at this point is like you know really what i'm i'm wanting for i would like to get in a, a really good mountain summit um that that's pretty high up there done like you know the a lot of like the typical like skydiving surfing snowboarding blah 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 that stuff um if you need information like on kilimanjaro let me know yeah, yeah, I had a, actually a guy I was stationed with uh, when did Kilimanjaro, and he like he had a pretty cool like photo journal of the whole thing, um, and that just looked like a really great immersion into another culture, and also like a pretty unbelievable life experience. So, you know, going for a big summit somewhere outside of the states, um, that would be pretty high up there. The wife's not too thrilled on any like you know mountaineering adventure stuff. Um, at my own detriment, I, like, kind of want to do at least, like, one wingsuit flight, but, you know. <laughs> I feel like one you can probably get away with, but it's not something I've got any desire to turn into, like, a reoccurring hobby. Right. Um, dude, right now the biggest thing for me, like, outside of just dad stuff is is kind of, like, this big aha that with my position in the community and the number of people that I get to interact with, like, I... I do have a chance to really create like a pretty big ripple effect out of my life and hopefully like leave, leave the planet better than I found it in some way. Um, and that's, that's really what's got me like super fired up and just like stoked on life at the moment is like, you know, all the same things that brought me into coaching in the first place. Like, you know, like fitness, fitness saved me from myself. Fitness literally saved my life. It's introduced me to the best friends that I've ever had. Um, it's taken me all around the planet and just, trying to get people to like understand like if, if you only dabble like if you don't really commit to fitness it's it's never going to change your life 
And like you don't, you know, you don't have to go and coach for CrossFit and open a gym or anything like that. But you know, I think there's, I mean, you see it in your gym too. There's the people that like they drift in two or three days a week for fucking years, and they never make any kind of real appreciable change. And then like you have the one person that comes in, and they get it. They get it on day one, and they change everything, man. They change their diet. They change how they dress. They change how they cut their hair. Like they just. They understand that like fitness is this opportunity to get access to like whatever you really want to take out of your life, and it's an incredibly powerful teaching tool. Um, and so that's that's kind of like where my bucket list is at this point is like what can I do to make the world better while I have the chance? Right. Um, and a lot of it's for my son. I love it. That's a good place to end it. I have a lot of other things that I want to talk about with you in the future. So if you're cool with it, we'll do a part two at some point. Yeah, man, um, this, is, this is a blast. Yeah, you're thank my first. You're my first uh, Skype podcast. No, really? Yeah. I figured you would have had plenty of others. Um, I've done a couple like on location at gyms that have hosted us. Okay. But yeah, yeah. No, man. If anybody out there wants to do more of these, like obviously I, I like to ramble. Um, <laughs> no, well, man, it's it's fun. I just I don't know, man. I just want the world to be better. Um, and yeah. like that's. You know, whatever. We'll hit it in part two. Yeah. There's there's some more to get into with that. But, uh, dude, I super appreciate you letting me eat up an hour of your day. No, it's all good. Is Liam sleeping right now? Uh, no, he's with uh, with the caretaker that we just kind of, like, figured out access to okay. a couple of weeks ago. So cool. unloaded him for a little, like, 10 to 4 window to hit, like, some of these little project pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, awesome, dude, dude. Uh, shoot me, shoot me an email, stay in touch with me, but I'd love to try to get together in July when I'm back out in the area. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. far you are from Paul Bunyan. 20 minutes. Dude, let's, uh, yeah. let's set something up. It's very doable. Um, yeah, actually I'm going to make myself a note to get on my coach to get to that search. And then, um, if you, if you want to come back through, it's something that Tucker wanted to do for everybody because we did the curriculum change going yeah. into this year. So we've got bar muscle-ups and butterfly pull-ups. Um, cool. So for anybody that went through previously at any point ever, uh, you can re-attend for 50% off. Cool. Um, so, you know, maybe I'll see you there, and if not, we'll get together outside of the course. Right. Okay. Cool. All Sounds right. good, man. Hasta luego. All right. See ya. Hey, folks. Thanks again for listening to Cross Econa Radio. If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at CrossFit Kana, K-A-N-N-A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at CrossFitKana.com. Thanks and have a great day.